Hello there. Welcome to Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. I'm your host, Shelley F. Knight. I'm a former nurse and clinical hypnotherapist, term podcaster and author of Positive Changes, a self-kick book and Good Grief, the A to Z approach of modern day grief healing. In each episode, I aim to share my clinical, spiritual, and personal experience to help you feel inspired to create your own positive changes in life. Fear not, it's not just me. Each week, I will bring on a new guest and they will share their authentic story of positive change and the tools that they used on their journey. So if you're ready to be inspired, let's go. a new best friend. Today I spoke with Amanda Hill, who I think you're going to absolutely love. This amazing woman shares her journey of overcoming self-worth. Join us as we speak about burnout, judgment, wounds, parenting, self-discovery and compassion and loving who you are. I sit with myself each day, I journal and I discover who I am. And I was always that person, but I just forgot her along the way but my worth is priceless. I am of worth. I love myself. I am being compassionate towards myself because we have good days and bad days and that's fine. And I'm letting go of the judgments that I was married to, that they had to be that way. And I realize it's just stories in my head. And letting go of those stories allows me to show up in my presence, in my joy, in my energy, to be who I am and to inspire others because we are all connected. So come join Amanda and I now as we have a chat about all things positive. Today on the show, I am joined by the gorgeous Amanda Hill. She's a teacher, author and podcast host. She's author of I Choose Me and the children's book series, Mood Munchers. She's also host of You Choose You Now podcast. Hello, Amanda. Hi, Shirley. So gorgeous to see you. And thank you for having me here. Oh, bless you. You're welcome. Now, I think you're going to attract a lot of listeners today because I reckon, I want to say all of us have suffered with this at some point. You're going to talk to us about how you overcame your lack of self-worth. So please share mm-hmm. with us how you did that yeah so I believe that we all have a feeling of unworthiness and I was so attached to mine and it was about two years ago that I decided I'd had enough and what I mean by that is I was always feeling burnt out because I gave 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 to others and nothing to myself and then I realized I'm with me from the time I was born to the time I die And it's me that has to come first. And it went against all my narratives and my parents about putting other people first. And I chose me. That's why my book is called I Chose Me. And what it involved was looking at myself and thinking, why do I feel so unworthy? And it was just from my hurt, my wounds, things that hadn't been met. And 
I sat with them and it's uncomfortable sitting in those feelings, but I did it. I did it daily. I took up meditation because in meditation, I'll be honest, the first time meditation is not easy. First time I did it, I sat there for two minutes and the silence was deafening because I was a busy person. And I always had the TV on, the radio on, everything on, any distraction. And it, I, it just hit me like a wet fish. I had been distracting myself from myself for 50 years. No more. I sit with myself each day. I journal and I discover who I am. And I was always that person, but I just forgot her along the way. But my worth is priceless. I am of worth. I love myself. I am being compassionate towards myself because we have good days and bad days and that's fine. And I'm letting go of the judgments that I was married to, that they had to be that way. And I realize it's just stories in my head. And letting go of those stories allows me to show up in my presence, in my joy, in my energy, to be who I am and to inspire others because we are all connected. I love that. I was smiling because you said something that I say, I always get very feisty about you know, self-love because I say very similar to what you say, we're with ourselves from our first breath to our last breath. So we really mm. need to like make us our number one priority, our yes. number one relationship. So I love that. But then I got quite teary when you said like, you forgot yourself. Mm. So what made you forget yourself? society, families, life, how it's presented to us. My truth is, and it's everybody's truth, we're born perfectly for our journey and all our journeys are unique, but we're born curious, creative and innocent. And if you look at a two-year-old on a beach, they will make that sandcastle, they'll see you'll take it down, but it doesn't stop them. They go, why did that happen? And they keep on going. And then we go into school at the age of about three or four and we're told no, this is how you do it. And it's all about results. It's all about tests. And it's about the end product, not the being. It's in the doing. And we're trained, we're conditioned to that. And I, I, I you know, jumped through the hoops, became a people pleaser as a child, but I lost and I stopped valuing or believing and trusting myself. I put all my trust in other people. And in doing that, of course, I was let down and hurt. But rather than acknowledging that hurt and letting it out, I repressed it because I wanted to look good. We all want to look good. We all want to fit in. And one of my limiting beliefs is that I don't fit in. I'm not normal, whatever normal is. And I don't really like that word, but it is branded so much. But I think we're conditioned. And my I came from an Irish Catholic family. So, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and religion was put in there and it was all about loving yourself last and putting other people first. But in doing that, and mother, my mother said, you know, you go to school, you get your exams, you get, um, go to university, you get a job, you get married, then you'll be complete uh, once you've met the man. Um, and then that's your life. And then you can tick the boxes and well done and you'll be happy. And I think we're all brain conditioned and, you know, overload on that story. Why not let go of that story and say, I'm here at my age now in this moment and I'm choosing to be happy. And that's what I do every morning. I choose who I'm going to be that day. And that is more powerful and more grounding than any exam, 
any validation, any pat on the head, any tick box that I have ever experienced. And I just wish that was taught from school age on through life. And I think now is the time in our awareness that we can change the way society views and explains things to our children. We as parents have our stories of what a good mum, what a good dad is. It's time to let go of those stories. What is a good mum? It is you. It is you who you are. Your child, I believe, chose you to be their mother for a reason. And together you can go on your journey of self-discovery, love and be compassionate for one another. Without compassion, there is no um, understanding. In judgment, there is no understanding. So it's time to let go of our judgments. That's fascinating. I know like when we go through life and we look back and we think, oh, it's you know, what our parents said to us, what our teachers said, our siblings mm -hmm. said. But I just found it really interesting about the Irish Catholic belief that you love yourself last. So that's a whole new level. There's like religion as well as like society. Oh, yes, I did RE, <laughs> um, O level and took it to A level surprise surprise and I can share that every all my beliefs that I brought up with were challenged in sixth form at a level and I realized they are just you know the bible is stories of the past but they were written with somebody with a bias with a perception and it's how you read it and attach to it now I do think faith which is not religion I want to be clear on that faith is important you have to have faith in yourself and that's where I'm coming home to but religion, as it's put out there, has been manipulated, I believe, by man for power. So if you want to look at your essence, your soul, which we all have, spirit, whatever you want to call it, in the middle of a cube, and around that cube, you've got Christianity, um, Judaism, Islam, all the religions. They have different labels, but we're all looking at the same thing. So why can't we let go of the labels and just realize we are all human? We all do have that essence and embrace that and love one another and ourselves initially, more importantly, the first. Like the word faith, I love the word belief. That's the thing, or believe. And I often say, I say often, probably every day, <laughs> that <laughs> if you believe in anything, believe in yourself. Yes. And so I like your mindset, like at the end of the day, whether it's a religion, I think most of it is comes down to love. It does. Love is everything. I, I know the you know, song, you know, all you need is love. I think it was by the Beatles. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you're singing along to it, go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But have you ever stopped to think what that means? And I'm not talking about love in the romantic, you know, the Mills and Boons and on the <laughs> cinema and the Hollywood epics. I'm talking about the simple thing of love. Even if you're going out to nature, my gosh, look at the trees. They're growing, they're moving and love that creation love the creation that is you in this body love your body because it was given to you to use and love everything about life because life is full of opportunities and miracles we're just too fearful of taking the risk of letting go of what we've been conditioned to believe to actually strip back and just the purity the flow of life and love yourself in that energy 
Thank you for that. I like how you can say about how you love yourself because obviously you've been on this journey of overcoming self-worth and you tried the mm-hmm. meditation for two minutes initially, which I think is probably better than my first time. We're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. probably down to like two seconds thinking, shopping list, who needs yes. off to school? But you so, said that's your mind taking over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which made me think of like you said about avoidance, like you was avoiding yourself. Yes. How would people know? Like if there's like the stressed mums out there or, you know, the overworked dads, how do they know that they're avoiding themselves? They're not really loving themselves. What kind of signs and symptoms might they have today? Look at your to-do list. It's as simple as that. You know, we might have a book. As, as a teacher, you know, I wrote my to-do, things that have to be done today. And if they weren't done, I'd feel not good enough. Oh, look at that. I failed that. But we are so busy in doing and achieving and getting the results. And actually, it's not about that. If you are feeling... And let's face it, parenthood is not easy. It doesn't come with a manual ABC and then it works out. And every child is different. Every parent is different. But actually, it's just accepting that you are human and you have good days and bad days. Accepting that you don't own your child. I'm going to say that again. You don't own your child. They are borrowed. You borrow them for, I think, and you have to be their guide and light. But we've been conditioned by parents that it has to be our own parents I'm talking about. And they were conditioned by their parents that there's a certain way. And these are narratives that we've inherited. And I was there giving out to my son, Alessandro. No, you've got to get this. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. And then I started to went, whoa, listen to me going (laughs) off on one. And I realized, is that really what I believe in my heart? Or is that what I've been conditioned to say and do? And we're, we're so unconscious of our conditioning. It's actually just sitting and it does take sitting in silence with yourself with no distractions, no TV, no radio, not helping others to sit at you and say, right, let's look at my habits. What are my go to places? Is it anger giving out to people? Is it um, sorrow? I'm feeling pity for myself. Is it trying to be the drama queen? I've had all of those. And I played those roles beautifully. But they're just roles and they're not me. And they're not you either. And it's actually letting go of the need to be anything but who you are, that you can actually just relax behind it, not be triggered and just go, yeah, today was a hard day. I'm tired. My body needs sleep. So I'm going to take that time to sleep because that's what I need. What do you need first? Fulfill your own needs and then everything flows and you present yourself in such a calm, grounded manner that your children are inspired by that. Yeah, I like that kind of inspiration. I say our eldest is doing his um, exams this year, then he's in his mm-hmm. final year at school, and he's like, oh, my goddess, where do yeah. we get there? But I like to think that we are getting it right. Admittedly, he has special needs, and so I don't think, like, the standard, you need to get this grade's going to work, because that's not how his brain works, unfortunately. But it is stepping back. I love what you said. You said it's like a conditioning. So when you're saying something mm. to your child, like, you need to get this grade, you need to go to school today. But who who told you that? Yeah. You'll find your parents told you that. And they told they were told by their parents. It's inherited narratives. Yeah. And I'm stopping my inherited narratives, the generational narratives, so that my son doesn't have to go through life with my way of thinking. And it takes a lot to give up those because I'm so attached to them because, you know, there was also a story with me being Irish Catholic, the loyalty. Oh, you've got to do carry on the traditions. But some of those traditions that were right for that time are not right for now. And it's fine. It is okay 
that is the best sentence you can say to yourself as a parent it is okay just as it is stop living in regret of the past which i spent years doing and worry of the future this moment right here now and i'm here just with you is perfect there's nothing to worry about and if we can show be in that present our children actually learn more from us being than us telling and doing and that's come through my son just said to mom me because he was watching some videos of me when he was first born and obviously i had postnatal depression he went you didn't smile at me much, mum. Did you not like me? And that did break my heart. And I was going to go into the pity party. And I just thought, no, stop that narrative, Amanda. And I just said, well, actually, I had depression there, my darling. And although my body was present, my mind, I wasn't there. I was in my own pity party in my head for myself. So I'm sorry for that. But look, I'm here for you now. And I'm always here for you. And I love you regardless of anything and then a week later he said mom I just love how you are you're so confident and happy and look what you're up to and I was blown away for that because he was acknowledging me and that's actually funnily enough what I wanted from my own parents and everybody all my life and it's actually giving up the need to be validated by others and actually just acknowledging myself for me for me and I don't have to be like you or anybody else that's when I came home to myself and in that, I gave up the need to change my son, change my husband to be anything but who they are. I had goosebumps then about the acknowledgement. And I just love the ownership because I'm creating a course at the moment. And it's about, I often say, from mess to message. And it's getting people to go back to a past which will be holding them back in some way so whether oh, yes. it's like that broken down relationship they felt wrong by someone very much the victimhood basically yes. and I'm doing this course and it is about how we make choices or choices all the time so we wake up in the morning do you want tea or coffee is today going to be amazing because you're not dead or is it terrible because it's raining you know they're all yes. choices that we make and I love that that you're saying you're taking ownership and that's what I'm telling people it's like whatever choices you make it isn't good or bad right or wrong mistake it's just experience and I think when we take that ownership when we acknowledge it when there's that awareness it's so powerful it might hurt a little bit <laughs> it but might that's hurt fine yeah, it's not but, going to kill you no because you're here you've had a hundred percent success rate you know in your you know your life so far but that ownership I just think what's not acknowledged can't be changed when you're saying like no I didn't smile much actually I had postnatal depression but you know I smile when you're here with me now, whatever you want to say. And it's sort of, you know, whatever relationship you've walked away from, which job you've walked away from, the old you you've walked away from. I think that ownership mm. is, well, I was going to say a positive change because it's a positive change podcast, but it's life changing because it's it just makes you response, aware. It's taking responsibility. And I thought I was being very responsible. No, I was not. I was being very interfering. I, I'm saying that. I'm owning it. <laughs> I was interfering in other people's lives, helping them out to make selfishly to make myself feel good and I can see that now and I've given all that up because the the help that was needed was within myself to actually look myself in the mirror and go right this is you you don't have to be anything else but you but I didn't know who I was because I had covered myself with so many masks so many roles so many tasks that I'd lost myself so coming, I've stripped all that away. Yes, you can call me a teacher, a mother, a wife, you know, an author, but they're just titles. I'm Amanda. I'm joy. I'm energy. I am 
possibilities and I can choose in each moment, not each day. I can choose in each moment how I react and how I respond. And I say respond versus react because responding comes, something might happen to you and you get triggered and our response is, ah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you might see something in somebody else and actually what you see in them that you, triggers you is what you don't like in yourself. And actually having compassion for those people and having space for them has helped me heal those wounds inside. And responding is rather than thinking you've got to fill in the silence and have an answer, it's just, that's interesting, and hold. And have you actually listened to what people are saying? So with children, your child's going through exams. Mine has been very anxious about the exams. And the exams is, the, well, the thing they're holding on to. But when I actually said that, I see your anxiety and it's fine let it be accept it don't make him wrong for feeling that because that's he's feeling it it's fine it's okay but when I talked to him he just thought turned out oh I'm if I don't get the exams I'm going to be pushing the lower grade then I'm not going to get the best teaching then I'm not going to get into university then I'm not going and it went into this huge story that his life was over before it even began I went okay I hear you <laughs> but that's the story now are you going to be attached to that story or are you really just it's a story and that's what anxiety and the worry has produced and let it go and all you've got in this moment now you're safe here with me you can choose to study I'm not saying don't study but that's your choice. I can't make you. You can lead a horse to water, as my mom used to say, but you can't make it drink. So every choice. And if you make a wrong choice, guess what? You can make another choice. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I'm all about the choices. And my husband showed me something on his phone this morning. And I was like, that's very negative. But actually, you think about it, it's not. And it's basically, it was about... It's a very businessy post and it had sort of like, say there was 50 crosses, there'd be like three ticks yes. in the middle and the crosses were for failures or experience and the ticks were for success. It's basically like everything's experience, then you have a little success yeah. story, then you have more experience. And it is like that, like, you know, if you make a choice and you don't land where you think you should mm -hmm. make another choice. But yeah. it's like inactivity, that lack of, you know, the ownership. Motivation. The yeah. yeah. That as long as you're still making those choices, which I don't think are right or wrong, it is that you know experience but it is making the choice that's what it is and to make my life flow I even choose what I'm going to wear the night before so I don't have to have that thing oh what am I going to wear today you know I have everything set out so that those choices that are every day just happen automatically and then I can actually choose what how do I want to make the difference because we don't value our experiences we don't acknowledge our failures as lessons and I know people go, oh, what lesson am I learning now? But I'm going to say, it's that word, that's interesting. And what is your attachment to the outcome? Because I can honestly hold my hands up, say I was more attached to the outcome than the actual process. There's a film that I would tell everybody to watch called The Peaceful Warrior. And it's a true story. And this boy faces his ego because your ego is your human thing. It's the voice in your head that tells you how you should be looking. And actually, can you let go of your ego or is your ego controlling you? Because we are not our ego. 
we are so much more than that but actually going beyond the ego inside to that love to that space that calm that groundedness not a lot of people do that what do you think they're afraid to find if they dive in like you've sat in silence what are they avoiding Um, well themselves what could be because they've forgotten it. And I, I, I can say this because that's what I was terrified of. I actually thought if I went inside, I'd find such a boring, empty, near people that would be rejected by everybody. So who wants to hang out with that person, for goodness sake? Definitely not me. And that's why I was the drama queen and making everything a drama and then being burnt out. But actually what I found, and I've been meditating for two years now, and it's only in the last, I'd say four months ago, I was dealing with the sorrow inside and letting that be. And I thought I'm unlovable because there's no love inside me. You know, I can help and care, but that doesn't mean love. And actually what I was really surprised to find out there was love and I saw it and I felt it and I cried because I was just like, oh my God, it's been there all the time. I just never realized. And the word compassion was really like too much for me. And I didn't really understand it. We use it. What did it mean? But it's that understanding that we're not perfect we are beings we're humans we make mistakes and the compassion that's okay and I embrace compassion as part of my meditation you sit, you sit down on things of why am I here today I want to find the compassion for myself and others because we are all connected it's just fear that keeps us disconnected is compassion like the total opposite of lacking self-worth yes it's the understanding and the acceptance and the openness of allowing you to be just who you are with no labels no results whether you're angry whether you're in the depths of depression which I've been that's fine but what I've worked out with emotions you have to accept them even the yucky yucky ones that we don't like and say what I say is hi label it if I can with a name like anger or sorrow you're welcome here, I accept you. And what I found is I had so much repressed sorrow and grief inside me that I hadn't, and it came from childhood, but I hadn't let it process because in the trauma response as a child, I'd gone into the fight or flight and I'd frozen. And it hadn't finished the processing, so it was pushed down. And it's only now through meditation that it's coming up. And if you feel, that's what you said about avoidance earlier, You know, when you feel that anxiety or whatever your go-to emotion is that you don't like, when that comes, you either, we have addictions, so we either get really busy and clean out the fridge or we start eating things or ordering Chinese, which we know in it, but, but it soothes us, or we smoke, or we drink, or we go shopping. We've all got these avoidance tactics and then we beat ourselves up about it after it's over. And then we are addicted to that, woe is me, or why did I do that? And actually realizing that I was addicted to that feeling of shame and guilt afterwards was a shock to me. But that's who my victimhood was running in. And actually I decided, no, I I choose to give up victimhood. Bye, off you go. I'm giving up the drama queen. You're costing me too much of my energy. And actually my energy is just pure, simple, and it flows. And it doesn't have to be anything that you want it to look like. It has to be something that I'm comfortable with in. And anything that I'm in discomfort in, I will sit and ponder and let it come out. Because what I've realized also, our bodies speak to us. It can come out an illness, 
So your aches and pains, it's actually your body saying, look, this is trapped. This is not right. Be with it, allow it, welcome it, and then release it. And how can you release it? So, for example, I did a bo I do body scans. So I was having a lot of chest pains. Um, also, I hold a lot in my stomach pains and aches in the lower back. And I was avoiding those pains, you know, either taking tablets to get over it or just ignoring them. And I sat there and it did hurt. And what I did is I, I said, right, let's look at the color of it. Let's look at the shape of it. Breathe into it, give it space, welcome it, acknowledge it. It's real, it's there. I have you, I see you, I love you, which sounds a bit mad. But what happened when I, I saw this, it was like a long tapeworm shaped black and huge with these spikes. And then as I sat there doing this, it got smaller and smaller until it disappeared. And then I realized the pain had gone. And I was so shocked. How did that happen? But it was because I realized I had not, I'd avoided it, distracted myself from it and not sat in it because it's uncomfortable. We do not like uncomfortable. It's as simple as that. Human beings don't like feeling yucky. But excuse me, there's nothing wrong with feeling yucky as long as you don't feel yucky for a week and make a big party about it and a pity party about it, which is what I used to do. It's fine, just half an hour, yeah, feeling that. But you have to let these emotions and feelings process and the pains process to leave you. Otherwise, they stay trapped. It's quite courageous, isn't it? Because you're kind of stepping into the unknown, but it's a totally. positive unknown because what's unknown is you. And as we said at the yes. start, you're the only person in your life from the first breath yeah. to the last. So it can't be an unknown. You have to know who you are because then knowing who you are, you know what you like, what you dislike, what makes you tick, what makes you sad. Yes. So that unknown is a necessity rather than an avoidance. Isn't it's it? the beauty of you. But through the conditioning and schooling and society and TV and advertising, we've forgotten it. So it's actually coming home to you again and valuing who you were always, but you just forgot. Yeah, I'm just going to take you back because I absolutely love this. You're talking about addiction, how you get addicted to, you know, things like alcohol, sex, shopping, yes. food and things like that. But you said about getting addicted to victimhood and emotions. And I'd mm -hmm. never thought of it like that. Like no. in my first book, there's a chapter called The melodrama or melodramatics and yes. it is about stopping to play the victim but I'd never thought that actually some people that's what they're addicted to they're addicted yes. to that adrenaline rush that yes. story that woe yeah. is me and I just love that so I want to make sure everyone's like really picked up like oh that was my, my big be... addiction this is how I ran my life you know OTT Amanda I was either <laughs> you know either woe is me go away and isolating myself or the drama the biggest you know biggest t-shirt eating the pie <laughs> but that takes energy but it was the false energy it was what my child in her innocence had got told off or not seen and un was unheard so realized that creating a little drama gets me attention let's say that we create drama to get attention and yet it's not the attention we're actually wanting. It's not the love and the compassion we're wanting, but it got a result. But then because you got that attention, oh, I like that the ego goes, we'll have a bit more of that, thank you very much. And I ran my life like that for 40 years. But it's actually, what is your, if you think of it, a train station, and if you're having a good day or a bad day, what is your station that you always go home to? Mine was shame and guilt. 
that it wasn't good. I wasn't good enough and all the rest of it. And that is my, and it goes with the victimhood. That was my, oh, look, automatically I'm going back to that station. And then actually seeing the shame, sitting in the shame and think, actually, shame's just a feeling, but we judge it so badly. Let go of that judgment. Shame is shame. It's just like happiness. It's just like anger. There's nothing wrong in shame. Own it, be it, and set it free. Because I'm not any emotions. Emotions just come to us like visitors. They're roommates. They want a bit of space on the sofa. So, you know, sometimes I have anger. They all happen in one day. Oh, there you are, anger. Sit on the sofa next to shame and guilt because, and have a chat with yourselves because I'm here and I'm owning this and I'm going to be this energy today. But I accept you. I let you in. And then they'll leave. They've done their job. They can go. And you're free to be you. I guess it comes back to that acknowledgement again, which might makes me want to chuckle because about your meditation story is about how mine was. I used to sit there and think, well, I'm just going to sit here in silence. And you'd be sort of like, oh, there's a thought. Yeah. There's another one. Oh, there's its friend. <laughs> yeah. But it comes back to like, once you acknowledge it, thanks for coming. I'm trying to meditate. Yeah. Be gone. <laughs> it is kind of like that when we acknowledge things, they tend to go away. And I kind of love yeah. that. And I know you're a teacher and I'd like you to be a teacher in all schools, which obviously would learn lead to burnout. But no, I love that. that. I want to change education because I think we're so stuck in the past with how it was, but we're not. Society and our awareness and our consciousness has been raised. We can never go back to how it was. Now, I can acknowledge that my parents did what they did for me in their awareness and what they had. And I'm so grateful. But what we have got access to now is so much more. And yet we're still attached to, yes, schooling has to be this way. You have to, in this country, you have to be reading at four or five. You have to be writing. Why? Who said? Where's that written down in our law in black and white and stone? Each child is different, but you've got to acknowledge who is sitting in front of you in the classroom before you can do any teaching. Every person, whether you're at work or at school, you have to be secure and happy and feeling safe where you are before you can be productive. And we've lost that safety because instead we've just said, no, you've got to do these exams. You've got to do this. You've got to get these results. And that's where we lose ourselves. And that's what I want to change. I, I'm on a thing now that I want to bring mindfulness into all schools. So mindfulness, for those who don't know, is actually being in the present, acknowledging how your body's feeling, accepting all your emotions and just letting it be. And my dream is between lessons, let's for three minutes, stand up, feel yourself, feel your emotions, see where you're at, accept them, allow them, and then finish that activity and go fresh into the new lesson. And if we did that all the time, we'd be allowing children to be themselves, to find trust, surrender, and faith in themselves. And could you imagine what awesome adults they'd become? I think that's beautiful. We're really blessed here in Northampton that there are really good local providers that do go in and do mindfulness for the teachers. But, you know, we do it as adults. Like if I'm sitting there writing a book or an article for a magazine, I can't go, 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 go. You know, no. I do step away and have a little sing song or, you know, I love that. Raid the tea cupboard. Yeah, grooving. <laughs> could explain a lot of my wacky writing, couldn't it? <laughs> Weaved in with a dance move. But it is, you know, I read years ago there was an article about children's feet are meant to hit the ground so many times a day. 
mm-hmm. and they don't you know they sort of sit still then it's a punishment if you do something wrong in the lesson because you're so like <laughs> you don't get to go out for playtime and they probably need it more than all the others and so Absolutely. I think you know it is the mindfulness it is the movement it's as we said earlier I think it was off air there's a big emphasis on wealth that you need to get this qualification to get that job because then you get the wife and then you get the car that's the story yeah but it's because you get all those things and then what i've realized you're still not happy you're still feeling empty so so what's not working that's just all surface level as you said about children we are born to move the best way to get out of your head and out of your funk want to call it that (laughs) is to get up put your music on and dance and forget and be and I have stopped maths lessons in the middle of this because I've looked at the kids and they're falling over the desks and being tired I went right stop it we're not doing this anymore I put Abba on a bit of Abba girl (laughs) and we just five minutes and they're laughing and they're just being natural and then let that go for five minutes and then we come back to it but with they're so scared of doing that because it doesn't fit the norm yeah and yet that is what all children need. I want to get rid of the tables and the desks, especially, you know, up to the age of eight. Don't have them penned in. Have them out learning outside, being free, discovering, learning who they are, what they enjoy. It is possible. So why are we so attached of not letting go of the way it's been for the last 150 years? It's the fear that we all have of the risk. If we change it, what might happen? I think also, even from children aside, I think it's just the adults. I mean, it's slightly different at the moment because people are working from home, but you can still do it at home. And it is that you go into work, you sit at a desk as if it's sort of mm. like a, I don't know, like <laughs> a anchor in your head. You're at a desk. Stop the joy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's just stop, stop the joy. I'm at stop work. The joy. Yeah. You're at work. Come on. Who says work can't be joyous? <laughs> maybe we should all just get up from our desk and have a little jolly up, I'm thinking. I love it. <laughs> I think that should be. They've actually said, and I've got, ladies that I work with and what we we set alarms on our clock for every half an hour to just stand up stretch move do what your body knows what it wants to do and then come back it only takes two or three minutes but that break allows you to come back and be grounded fabulous now we've spoken about um meditation we spoke about throwing away desks or at least having a dance round one <laughs> for those that are listening today that have struggled with self-worth or they're stuck in victimhood or they're stuck in day-to-day mm-hmm. routine being a bit of a miserable cow what one positive change could people do today it's literally a small step so whatever it be for you now you said earlier that you wake up and it's raining and you go oh it's raining right change that mindset that thought oh it's raining that's going to help the plants. That's going to let things grow. It's as small as that. It's waking up and realizing, how do I feel? Acknowledge that emotion and then say, right, I see you. I accept you. But today I choose to be joy, inspiration or whatever it be for you and make that decision. And you'll get lost in your mind on the day. So don't let that worry you, but realize who do I want to be today? Come back to this moment. Come back to that choice of the morning. Are you showing up that way? And what celebrate that you've done it. Yeah, I was there. And at the end of the day, don't berate yourself for the things you didn't do. Celebrate and acknowledge yourself for the things you did do. It's your journey. It is your life. Yes, you have bosses, you have families, you have commitments. But who you show up to be in that moment is down to you. So make that decision that you matter 
your emotions matter and take that small step to be you. I choose you. I choose me today. I think that's brilliant. And as, as you say, and sort of like celebrate, I think it's really important to celebrate just the mere trying. If you're trying to do a micro yes. action, celebrate that because your brain will be thinking, oh, just try new things and it'll have a little bit yeah. of resistance come up. It's changing the way our brains work. We yeah. have been pro, you know, they've been driving down that highway of the brain for blah, blah, blah years. No, we're going to deviate. And as every morning, if you that awareness allows you to do, you'll create a new pathway. Yeah. Neuroplasticity. You can do it, people. One of my favorite sexy words, neuroplasticity. But yes, yeah, celebrate the tries, not the wins, not yeah. the losses. Just celebrate anything, even if you have a it's poo. It's the you've process, been <laughs> the journey. Celebrate your journey. Celebrate you. You're alive. Be alive. Be happy to be alive. Bless you. Now, as if I couldn't love you anymore, Amanda Hill, you've got a freebie <laughs> for the listeners. So yes, it's quite technical, your website. So you, you dazzle them. <laughs> you spell it correctly. <laughs> So I have a website, www.amandahryle.com, Ryle spelt R-Y-A-L-L. Um, on it, you'll have links to my podcasts, um, my books for children, and I choose me. You can go onto Amazon and you can download the ebook for free. My book is my journey, but at the end of each chapter, there are activities that I actually put in place. You're talking about what steps to take. Try these steps. I also do a reflection on how they came to me, but that was my journey. See how you react. It's your choice. It's up to you to choose you now. Fabulous. Amanda Hill, I absolutely love you. So thank you for choosing Positive Change and Self-Kit podcast, but mostly thank you for being you. Thank you, Shirley. Thank you for being you. I love your energy. I love your authenticity and much love to you and your journey. Bless you. Take care, lovely. Bye, darling. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. If you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kickbook from all online book retailers or from shellyfknight.com. If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at Shelley F. Knight, Life Goes On. As always, I've been Shelley F. Knight and you've been amazing.